Hello there, Stephen Long here from Gaston's Great. Just to let you know, we are taking a short break for the next few weeks before starting Season 4 in late March. Starting today, we are re-releasing the top six episodes from Season 3. Thanks so much for your continued support. Welcome to this week's edition of Gaston's Great. Coming in at number six of our most popular episodes of Season 3 is Episode 54, The Partnership for Children of Lincoln and Gaston County. This episode had 227 total downloads. This partnership is a nonprofit organization that provides services, advocates, and collaborates with others to ensure the well-being of children ages birth to five so they can reach their health, developmental, and educational potential. Check out this episode now. Hello, Gaston County. Welcome to episode number 54 of Gaston's Great, a podcast that has some loud intro music this week, a podcast highlighting some of the great things happening in and around Gaston County. I'm your host, Stephen Long, and we are coming to you once again from the international headquarters of GSM Services as we look forward to having some great discussions in the coming weeks and months. We simply believe in discussing more of the reasons why Gaston's Great. We're highlighting another great organization as we highlight the Partnership for Children of Lincoln and Gaston Counties. We have Karen Anzola with us today, who is the Executive Director of the organization. Karen, it's great to have you on, and welcome to the podcast. Thank you, Stephen. It's great to be here. So we're going to get right to it. So if you don't mind, just kind of tell us a little bit about yourself, anything that you would like to share, and then we'll really get into the partnership. Sounds great. So, yes, I'm Karen Anzola. Um, I am. I have been with the partnership for five years uh, in my role as executive director for the last year and a few months. I'm certainly privileged to be a part of um, a fine organization such as the partnership. I am married to a gentleman who is originally from Colombia, South America, my husband Carlos. Okay. And we have two daughters, Diana and Carolina. And Carlos actually works over at Caremont Medical Center. Um, so while we don't live in Gaston County, we both work here and uh, enjoy what we're doing. Okay, very good. So um, how did you originally get involved with uh, the Partnership for Children? I got involved with the Partnership for Children through um, actually a friend of mine, Dr. Eileen Yance, who is the Early Childhood Program uh, Chair and Instructor at Gaston College, Dallas campus. And we got to know each other through church and worked together on some early literacy initiatives. And she happened to say, hey, they've got a job that I think you would be really great for. <laughs> this is about five years ago. And so um, I interviewed for the position as program manager and was hired for that. And then um, due to the retirement of the previous executive director, went through the uh, search and was selected as ED. So very happy to continue my affiliation with the partnership and, and what it stands for and what it's all about, not only in Lincoln and Gaston counties, but throughout our state. Okay, very good. So um, there may be some listeners who don't know a whole lot about the organization. So can you, anything you can tell us about the history and then the mission, kind of um, just what, what, what it's actually about? Because I think we talked beforehand, before we started recording, that you know, there, there can be some maybe some misunderstanding uh, maybe about some of the things that you do until you get to know the organization. So, Right. Well, I believe we are incredibly fortunate to live in the state in which we live. North Carolina, uh, particularly under the guidance of then-Governor Jim Hunt back in the early yep. 1990s, um, really 
took great care to be sure that we were investing in our youngest community members, that we were investing in the creation of high quality early care and education in our state. And so in 1992, the funding became available for what we now know as our Smart Start Network. The Partnership for Children of Lincoln and Gaston Counties is one of 75 local partnerships funded with money from Smart Start. Okay. And uh, we incorporated in 1997. So we're celebrating 25 years this year. Hey, very good. Yes, very excited. Um, and our funding uh, goes through several initiatives that ultimately support young children and families uh, through programs, whether they be direct service providers or whether they're in-house programs. Um, and we make it our mission to be sure that we lead, advocate, and collaborate with others uh, to be sure that child, young children have what they need to thrive in our community and beyond. Okay, so very good. So that's um, 25 years of any organization like this or a company or anything, frankly, is, is exciting. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that uh, little bit of uh, history. So kind of, obviously, this is probably the biggest question. What are some of the initiatives? What is the, What are you doing on a week-to-week, month-to-month basis? So just kind of, you know, Describe to our listeners, what are, what are the things that you guys are, are doing? Well, I think it's um, easy for some who are not familiar with the partnership to think that we provide child care services, right. that we provide those kinds of direct services, which is um, not what we do. However, we do provide um, lots of support, technical assistance, and training to licensed child care facilities in our county, um, to the 91 that are out there in Gaston County. And um, we also focus on uh, health prevention, health promotion and prevention through the funding of child care health consultants. Um, when we talk about early care and education and, and our mission to uh, ensure high quality care, that takes lots of different forms. So we invest quite a bit of our Smart Start funding in ensuring that our child care providers either enhance their services or maintain their services so that they remain high quality. Um, we do that through the state star-rated licensing system, as well as okay. other uh, means of support. But we have technical assistants that work directly, uh, feet on the ground, with licensed providers to be sure that they have what they need uh, to to offer the highest to our youngest citizens. All right. So um, are there any specific uh, – so you're working with uh, you know, other organizations or um, child care type, again, in, I guess – Indirectly, maybe, is that a, a good way to describe it? But what about uh, initiative or things that your organization specifically doing? I mean, I'm familiar with a couple that, you know, we've been in, our company has been involved with. Um, but some of the um, things that you're doing here specifically, uh, maybe in Gaston County or some uh, events, maybe, maybe that's a better way to describe sure. it. So, Well, one of our um, hallmark uh, activities is early literacy. Okay. And yeah. so we have um, several early literacy initiatives that we support. One um, is through our organization. It's called Boogie with Book Events in the Park. Okay. Um, it's been a little while since we've had a, an in-person event. I think our last one was in Stowe uh, Park. And it's a time for us to come together and to, with the help of volunteers and our direct service providers, to provide families with a, a chance to learn more about what early literacy is all about. And we give out free books. We have story times, face painting, uh, gosh, line dancing, popcorn, <laughs> you name it. It's, it's just a really wonderful afternoon for parents to come out for some free uh, family fun. We also invest in another program called Reach Out and Read. 
And Reach Out and Read is an evidence-based program that was um, started by two pediatricians who were really committed to making um, early literacy a part of their well-child visits. And so what happens in that program is that um, we are funded, we were initially initially funded um, to provide books six months to five years. And so children got free books at every well-child visit for a total of 10. Just recently, we reached back out to our partners with Reach Out and Read Carolinas and said, we're ready to expand. We're ready to um, reach back to birth. So we provide 14 books over the course of a child's first well-child visits from birth to age five. Uh, in the pediatric setting, and as part of that well-child visit, the pediatricians look for things like left-right orientation, does a child hold a book, uh, appropriately turn pages. So that's um, very exciting because that expansion down to birth is something that will continue to happen statewide. Um, We happen to be an early adopter of that. And then lastly, we partner very closely with United Way of Gaston County, United Way of Gaston County has been the Dolly Parton Imagination Library affiliate for over 15 years. And the way that program is structured, um, we have one affiliate per county. So when in 2017, the General Assembly here in North Carolina became um, huge champions of this effort, so much so that they wanted it expanded to all 100 counties, they looked to the Smart Start Network to be that vehicle to get those funds out there. So we um, work with United Way of Gaston County to serve Right now, we're at almost 40% of all eligible uh, zero to five-year-olds in Gaston County. Combined with United Way, we're serving about 5,300 children with this free book gifting service. And books come to the, addressed to the children in the mailboxes for them on a monthly basis. So very excited to have that opportunity to work so closely with the United Way. Well, I appreciate you mentioning that. I am uh, currently the past chair of the United Way of Gaston County. Mm-hmm. So I, I am personally very familiar with uh, the, the Dolly Parton uh, Imagination Library and, and have seen firsthand you know, how that uh, program works and the impact uh, that it has. You've mentioned this a couple times. You may have mentioned earlier, but I, am I correct that um, you're basically targeting your target audience um, where you're serving is, is birth to five years old? Is that that's that is correct? correct. For, yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. So this is a question I like, and being with the organization for five, five years now, can you look back? Are there any um, specific examples you can think of of impactful stories or things that you've seen, whether it's at an event, somebody's come to your office, or just something that you've seen where you're, you're kind of rein, reinforcing um, what you're doing and you've seen you know, some impact that it's had with a family, a child? or mm-hmm. I bet you, I'm sure you have probably more than just a, well, one or two. <laughs> one of my favorites, um, we host an annual event out in Vail at Woodmill Winery called Spectacular. So yep. we are entering our 14th year and, and very excited for what we think will be um, an even bigger and better Spectacular this October 29th. Um, but one of the first uh, stories or, or experiences that I had at Spectacular was when a mom came up to our um, book gifting table. We give out free books at that event as well. And she said, you know, she said, my little one, received her first book at Spectacular because, you know, the reason we want to do this is to make sure that children have print-rich environments and that they um, have a love of reading and um, have books in the home that, that inspire that. And when that mom said that and then the little girl came up and said, yes, this was the book I got last year, um, it, it spoke volumes. It absolutely spoke volumes. And so those are the kinds of stories that we uh, like to share and, and certainly like to hear 
and encourage people to let us know um, how that is helping them. Certainly, uh, throughout the pandemic, our child care health consultants, and we fund those positions in Lincoln and Gaston counties, uh, have been incredibly helpful um, in in so, so many ways. While they're continuing to provide direct support to our child care providers in terms of health, safety, and sanitation, um, we also know that they have been instrumental in answering questions, not only from our child care providers, but from parents as well and sharing information that's been very helpful as families and, and child care providers navigate um, this new terrain, something that we never thought we'd experience in our lifetime. So being able to get information out there about proper hand washing, diapering, sanitation, not only in child care facilities, but how we can make sure this is happening in our homes has been critically important during during this particular period in our history. Okay, well, I appreciate you sharing that because, yeah, I mean, we, our listeners, it's nice to hear yeah, specific examples, and um, and again, I am familiar, a little familiar with the spectacular uh, event. Um, I think that's something that we've sponsored and been involved with, and I know we've actually had some of our uh, coworkers who have actually been out there with their kids, because uh, mm-hmm. I've gotten feedback from them, and, and, and I know that's a it's a it's a really uh, great event. Um, hey, looking back on your time at uh, the partnership, I mean, the five years since you've been there, how has how has the organization changed, um, or was it just dealing with COVID, <laughs> like so many, you know, organizations. I mean, that's kind of been kind of the, like the last two, few years. It seems like that's the answer we hear often is uh, that was such a big impactful event. But looking back, you know, to where you were five years ago to now, I mean, is there anything that stands out for you? that? I think that the partnership has grown um, in several ways, certainly in our ability to streamline what we provide and our ability, like so many others, to, I like to say, punt. Um, because we've had to learn to do business differently, right? When when the facilities closed and, and our technical assistants, who really are like family uh, to so many of the providers, have been such a tremendous support over the last 25 years, when they weren't able to go out to the facilities in person, right. it became really important to think about how we connect and how we can, can continue to connect and, and develop those relationships. So providing um, technical assistance in new ways, using Zoom, using, gosh, Facebook over, you know, <laughs> using um, FaceTime, I should say, over phones has helped us stay connected and, um, and be able to um, provide those services. I think we've also um, developed, out of necessity, um, some deeper relationships with other community partners okay. that have um, allowed us to be seen as that organization that can convene, can bring people together to talk about what it means to serve young children and families. And while our niche is birth to five, we know that, you know, children don't exist in a bubble and that they have older siblings. And so how we partner with other organizations that serve older siblings through after school, out of school care has been so critically important. Um, We really, I think in the, in the foreseeable future, want to be that community partner that people call on, that when they have questions about care and education, that they see us, while we may not have all the answers, we certainly um, are brokers of information and are able to connect others with people that have the answers to the questions that we might not be able to answer. Is this, um, so your organization, is this something that you see sister organizations, for lack of a better term, in other counties around us, or is this something that's pretty specific to here, or I mean, you mentioned a couple of programs, maybe that were in all hundred counties, but um, how 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 does this look relative to the entire state? 
So we are one of 75 local partnerships through the Smart Start Network. Okay. Uh, so when the funding first came into being, um, they looked at several different ways of reaching all counties with this support. So I mentioned we have 100 counties. We have 75 partnerships. Um, we are one of 14 multi-county partnerships. Okay. And it is a way for that funding, which comes through the General Assembly to um, the North Carolina Partnership for Children, to then be um, distributed to uh, areas that are of importance to those particular counties. So it's not a one-size-fits-all. Right. And we certainly use data to drive our decision-making and to drive the funding of the programs that we support. So um, you, you may have heard of the Catawba County Partnership for Children. Um, certainly they are... Um, colleagues of ours and sponsor similar programs and yet we all have the autonomy to look at the needs of the community to meet with those that can help us best determine how to use our funds it seems like yeah, it seems like lincoln county is often um we, we seem to all partner on a lot of other things like example gas and college is an example of where you know, those two uh, with the, the gas and college lincoln county campus so so yeah i mean i think our counties are very similar um and how we the demographics and, and things that are going in. We serve Lincoln County, too. It's the easiest and quickest place to get besides Gaston County for us as well. So remember, you know, this is a, a podcast about Gaston County and why it's so great. So you've, you've already shared so many reasons already, but kind of you know, in your own words. I mean, why would you say uh, Gaston County uh, in Lincoln County, for that matter, is better off because, you know, your, your organization is here? I think uh, Lincoln and Gaston counties certainly benefit from the partnership because um, we are able to, if you will, bridge uh, county lines in some ways because we are familiar with what's available in both counties. And, and the fact of the matter is we know that parents may, families may reside in Lincoln County and work in Gaston County, Sure. Um, which means they're looking for child care perhaps closer to work, and we can connect them with that, vice versa. Uh, the same holds true that families access health care services for their children across county lines. And so I think that we have been able over time to help in some ways connect those dots for families and also connect the dots for um, businesses like yours and others to help them understand how we can support um, across county lines. I, I think we've been able, I, I really believe we've been able to elevate um, the importance of uh, high quality care and its underpinnings to not only our communities, but our economies. Um, and we've certainly recognized that in, in recent events or through the, the pandemic in particular, because if families don't have access to high quality care in both counties, um, they can't go back to work, <laughs> right? And, and, and children don't have those rich opportunities to learn from peers and to learn what it looks like to be in a group setting and to feel confident as they transition to school age programming. So. Um, my hope is that we'll be able to continue to provide those linkages for many, many years to come. Very good. So looking ahead, looking out uh, five to ten years, do you, do you, how do you see the organization looking like? Any big changes or anything really coming down the road for these type of your organization like yours? Or just kind of, you know, what do you, what do you see the future as? Well, I think um, I've, I've been in nonprofit work for 25 years, um, not all of it with a partnership, but certainly both at the local level, state level, and, and through a national organization. And, and we know that nonprofits, um, with their particular uh, missions and, and focuses on, on a variety of topics, are, are still integral to how we, in a sense, make ends meet. 
um, that we can't do it alone. And so certainly when I think about childcare, I think about the importance of nonprofits, local partnerships like ours. I think about um, the importance of reaching out to faith-based communities, business owners, community stakeholders, uh, places like Gaston College who um, offer pre-service training for our, our teachers and our child care facilities. So, um, you know, ahead, I think we will continue to do that. Um, I think we will, like the others that I've mentioned, have to get really creative in how we do that. Um, you know, maybe it's leading the charge for um, a child care collaborative in a business park because we don't have enough child care slots. Right. How do we make that happen? So I really see us as being thought partners and um, in the future being innovators and also being prepared and poised to mentor the next group of early childhood leaders. Um, we often think about uh, those that provide the direct care and the education that's needed to get them there and to that point, but we often don't think about how they themselves can become leaders in this work uh, in the future. So hoping to mentor more leaders in early care and education through our partnership programs. All right. Uh, that's good to hear. What is the most common call that you get? Is it about child care or what, what do you, you know, when people are contacting your organization, what is the most common question that you, that you guys get? I think the most common question we get from parents, um, by and large, is um, where can I find child care for okay. my, my little ones? We, as a partnership, um, are not funded to provide what's called child care resource and referrals. But we do work very closely with a sister organization in Shelby that does that for our four-county region, okay. and that's Child Care Connections in Shelby. So when a parent calls and says, you know, I am at a loss, I, I, I don't know where to go, who has openings, then um, we connect them with Child Care Connections in Shelby, greater links to child care resource and referral, so that um, they can let them know in, in that particular area, in that zip code, here are the facilities that have openings. Um, or if you're willing to go a little bit further, here's, you know, another opportunity for you. And then I would say the the bulk of our calls come from the child care providers themselves. Certainly as regulations get updated or in the case of COVID, emergency guidance was put in place, it was really critical that we be prepared to answer those kinds of questions to help them, you know, navigate um, uh, this very challenging time. And so, we all did our homework so that when they called, we were ready. Um, we worked very closely with state licensing consultants so that if our staff couldn't answer the questions, then the state licensing consultants did. So um, those would be the two, the two most common calls okay. that we get. Mm -hmm. how, many, how many staff do you have? Right now, we have 12 full-time staff and oh, two wow. part-time. Okay. Yes, we've grown. Um, we, not unlike other nonprofits, had to look at how we could leverage the work that we do and also identify additional funding through grant uh, programs. And so we added a part-time resource development coordinator um, about a year and a half ago. And okay. uh, and we now have a new program manager uh, who has taken the position that I had and lives in Lincoln County. And uh, so we're very excited. We have a very robust team uh, for a partnership our size and, and, you know, continue to work hard to be sure that we can provide the services that um, community members need. Okay. Well, that's really, that's good to hear. I hadn't, I, I have to admit, I didn't realize uh, that you, you had a, a staff quite that, that large. So, um, obviously, we're going to finish up with, uh, before we finish up, we'll make sure all our listeners know how to get involved, donate, help, just more information on, on some of the specific. But is there anything... You know, I haven't asked anything else I should have asked. Anything you 
you'd like to share uh, about the partnership before I, we kind of move on to some of these uh, really important questions? Well, I think, you know, our goal within the partnership, both uh, within our board composition and our staff, is to be sure that we're really reflecting the breadth of diversity okay. um, that's in Gaston County. Uh, not only race and ethnicity, but, um, you know, uh, dads. We really <laughs> want to be sure that we involve the men. Uh, right now we are an all-female staff, um, but we recognize that, that dads and, and um, other folk bring unique perspective that we need to be uh, attuned to and aware of and using to inform uh, the work that we do. So have continued to try and uh, diversify in ways that, that reflect the families we serve. Okay. Well, very good. So, uh, Karen, you know, we're going to, like I said, we're going to come back and make sure all listeners know uh, the specifics about how to, where to find information about uh, your organization uh, before we finish. But one thing we do with all of our guests is we subject them to these Gaston <laughs> County questions. And I know you mentioned at the beginning that you don't actually live in Gaston County, but um, that's too bad. We're still going to ask you these Gaston County questions. And we're going to call this, this week, the... Um, I don't live in Gaston County, but I have to answer these questions anyway, round of questions. That's okay. I okay. am ready to go. All right. So <laughs> the first one <laughs> is, what's your favorite thing or activity to do in Gaston County? Um, you know, I am a history buff, and okay. I am a fan of older preserved downtown areas um, because I see so many communities that, that – let those go away, that right. let them die out. And so one of the first things I did when I started working here was just take a foot tour of, of downtown Gastonia. And I have to say that I, I love the fact, absolutely love the fact that there's so much interest in, in preserving that space downtown. And, you know, even if it means repurposing, you know, right. uh, space. Um, so huge fan of, of downtown Gastonia, um, Belmont, uh, McCaddenville, yeah. and uh, enjoy, you know, when I have a chance. It's, it's av actually very convenient for me on my way home to stop into all these um, different sure. communities and, and to come back on weekends and take part in festivals and things like that. Um, of course, I love Crowder's Mountain. Um, <laughs> our family tends to be um, a bit outdoorsy and we like hiking, so I do get back up this way to do that. But I have to say, exploring, exploring, um, downtown and in those uh, cities that I've named has been yeah, a lot of fun. We're kind of unique with the number of municipalities we have here in our county. And you know, there are some nice downtowns. And officially, uh, we, we were intentional when we moved into the building we're in. We're on Long Avenue, but um, it's con still considered uh, downtown Gastonia. I think we were, we were intentional on, on, on that when we decided to stay here uh, in, instead of moving east or moving our facility elsewhere. So I appreciate you sharing that. That's And I think that's... Uh, 54 episodes, I think that's a first answer for that. Really? So very, very, very well done. Oh, I'm glad. What about a favorite dessert shop or bakery or? Okay, so I have a sweet tooth. My staff knows that, um, and um, it, it's not uncommon to have things in our break room. I have to say, cake me away. Okay. Um, one of my coworkers, her very best friend, dropped off a cake in celebration of her birthday, and that was probably one of the best cakes I've ever had, some of the best fondant. Um, it was quite yummy. So I know I'll be <laughs> reaching out uh, to them as we plan some events, uh, you know, right there in our own offices. Cookies, love cookies. Mentioned uh, before we started that I attended the open house uh, in celebration of the renovations there at, at the main library. Right. right. And um, they had cookies from uh, Floyd and Blackie's. 
there is a lemon cookie that is to die for. And Andrew over at the library said, well, you can take some with you. I said, no, I'm really trying to behave. I'm really trying to behave. Yeah, I have to admit, I am a classic chocolate chip. A well-done chocolate chip cookie is about as good as it gets. Right? No, not well done as in cooked. (laughs) Not like crispy, huh? (laughs) Can you give yourself some kind of bad sound effect for that? Okay. <laughs> I mean, we had no sound effects yet, Amy. What's Is it because you're rusty since you haven't done a podcast in a while? Mm. That's not a, not that was not the appropriate sound effect. <laughs> what about the last place you ate in Gaston County and what did you order? Mm, okay. So, my favorite is Web Custom Kitchen. Web is terrific. Yep. Love it. Um that was one of the first restaurants I popped into, and in fact, uh, the owner gave me a tour because, again, I am a history buff, and I saw movie and and camera memorabilia, so he gave me a quick tour and told me all about the building and how he ended up there. Oh, gosh, I like their flatbread pizza. They have a (laughs) tuna steak that's really good, and it's such a popular spot for me. I have a dear friend who lives in um, just outside of Greenville, South Carolina. And so oftentimes she'll come this way to drop family off at the airport and she'll say, where do you want to meet for lunch? And I'll say, Web Custom Kitchen. So that's where Actually, growing up here, I actually saw movies when it was Web Theater. (laughs) Uh, That's been been a while before you were born, Amy. Okay. Are you a uh, prefer, let's say, North Carolina mountains or the North Carolina beaches? Both. Can I say that? Yeah. Yeah. Yep. I mean, yep. I think, you know, Gaston County, we're so un- we're uniquely positioned to be yeah. able to get to both and totally spoiled. Yes, you're um, correct. I, I love Asheville, Weaverville, getting up in there for just, you know, a weekend getaway. And and um, I equally enjoy the coast. We just moved my parents from Wilmington. So, um, you know, I, I moved there when I was a junior in high school and didn't spend as much time there because not unlike a lot of teenagers, I was ready to get the heck out of Dodge and move on. Um, (laughs) But since moving back with my own girls, um, spent a lot of time at Carolina Beach in particular um, and enjoy Wrightsville Beach. So I have to say we're spoiled and I love both. Yeah, when you're within three and a half to four hours of the coast and you can drive almost an hour really and be in, start to be in the mountains. Yeah, you're correct. You don't, people, we don't realize how so many people do not have that uh, access. So here's my, again, my question that um, is just the way it is. So UNC Duke or NC State? Mm. And there is a, there is one correct answer to that. Oh, it depends on what you're talking about. You were unaware. (laughs) You know, um, you can, it's a, you can, you can put your own answer in if yeah. there's a sep- if there's another answer that you would prefer. Okay. I'm going to say Vanderbilt. The Commodores. The Commodores. No, I mean, it's, I, I went to grad school at Peabody at Vanderbilt. That's why I threw them in there. Uh, Vanderbilt's, State, a, Vanderbilt's a great school. It's a great school. They're not always known for their um, athletics. Um, they are known for their student athletes. They work really yes. hard to get students through their programs. Um, I, well, they have a terrific baseball program. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll say, mm, I'm going to say... Chapel Hill. Uh oh, is there another bad sound effect coming? <laughs> no, I'm not well, actually, my college roommate's daughter, maybe two years ago, graduated from Vanderbilt. Uh, NC State is the correct answer because oh. I'm an NC mm. State okay. graduate. Um, yes, my wife went to Carolina. I don't hold that against her. <laughs> Karen, what is something very few people know about you? Hmm. 
Oh gosh, outside of my uh, outside of the partnership staff and some close friends, uh, most people would not guess that I am part of a cycling team. Oh wow! Um, I have a dear friend who, about seven years ago, was diagnosed with MS. I have a youngest sister-in-law also uh, diagnosed with MS and a dear college friend. And so when my uh, friend's husband said, you know, we got to do something, we got to raise awareness, raise funds, we're going to organize a cycling team. I said, okay. Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, so I'm actually uh, in training for the Bike MS uh, Historic Newburn Ride in September. And uh, absolutely love getting out there and contributing to a good cause and, and helping people understand that there are lots of innovations and research going into how we can uh, cure MS and, and in the meantime, how we can make uh, the lives of those who uh, suffer from MS, MS more comfortable. Okay, well, good. I appreciate you sharing. Is this a, this a road cycling or? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Yep. So we, in September, we'll ride 30 miles on Saturday, 30 miles on Sunday. And if we're really industrious, like our team lead is, um, you know, <laughs> he does like 75 and 100, but I'll stick with my 30-30. Okay. Very good. So how about a recent book or blog or article that you follow or blog that you follow or some book you would recommend to our listeners? I'm a voracious reader of historical fiction. Oh, okay. Um, so one of my favorite authors is um, um, Tracy Chevalier. She's an American-British author, and she wrote a book called Girl with a Pearl Earring, which is based on uh, a piece of art, a work of art by Vermeer. So 1650s, I think, maybe is when the portrait came out, but it is a fictionalized account of the artist's relationship with uh, his muse Mm. and so I'll leave it at that and hope that folks will pick up the book Um, I will say the her her portrait was pretty scandalous at that (laughs) point in time it's a side view it's very lovely but her lips were parted ever so slightly and back in the 1600s you know women were not to do that you were supposed to look pretty dour Um, so that's just a little uh, uh, historical tidbit that I hope folks will go out and read the book and then there's also another book. Um, it is a memoir. It's called When Breath Becomes Air. And I don't know if uh, any of your listeners have heard of that. It's um, not a lengthy book. It's it's such a gem written by a, neuro, um, a, a neurosurgeon. His name is Paul. Oh, gosh, I'm hoping I'm not going to mispronounce it. Kenalithi. Um, okay. He was uh, finishing up, of course, very intensive training uh, for his his line of work when he was diagnosed with stage four lung cancer, and so it's just a beautiful account of of um, how we share that that time with with our family and and how we um, navigate uncertainty with a diagnosis like that. So it's a truly a gem and okay. very heartwarming. It's a difficult com- um, conversation, I guess you could say, sure. um, but but absolutely uplift, uplifting and inspiring. It's a great read. Well, I think when you get to be uh, my age. It's hard to not be impacted with something like cancer or MS mm-hmm. with a family member, friend. So so most of us can relate to, uh, in some way, to some type of, you know, illness within your own, in your own family. So uh, I appreciate you sharing that. And just kind of remember this is, you know, again, staying on the Gaston County um, concept of the podcast here. So besides the Partnership for Children of Lincoln and Gaston County, why is Gaston County? Such a great place. You know, during the time that I've been here, um, I am overwhelmed by the energy 
of um, those that live and work here and, and the commitment to, to being sure that if a service is missing or an opportunity is missing, you know, there's this can-do attitude that says we're going to go after it and we're going to make that happen. Um, it, it's, it's inspiring, again, for me to see um, Gaston County and particularly Gastonia with its rich history around um, textiles and, and millwork to see how, although that industry may have um, moved on, mm-hmm. that the city continues to grow and that it continues to thrive because of the commitment to um, not only revitalizing historic space, but being sure that that new space um, um, works cooperatively with what's already here. So I'm um, really excited to be a part of it and, and know that great things will continue to come. Um, it, it, it just, with, uh, with the commitment of so many, uh, that's, that's the, the future. That's what I see on the horizon for Gastonia and particularly for Gaston County. Okay. That's another unique answer you've got it going on, Karen. Um, so looking back a few years, I'm sure it's just a couple for you. Knowing what, knowing what you know now, <laughs> what what advice would you give your 20-year-old self? Oh, see, I'm kind of right there with you. Um, so what <laughs> advice would I give my 20-year-old self? Um, to be patient. You know, I think when we're 20-something, there is just this eagerness to tackle the world, to uh, discover what it is, you know, what our life's work is. And I think some of us figure out that what we started out in is not where we land. Um, I started out in... in teaching and early intervention and lo and behold worked my way into nonprofit work for 25 years um so knowing that where we start isn't necessarily where we end up and being patient and receptive to that part of the journey right is um has been a life lesson for me and a a good reminder for me it's not a straight line like we think it's Mm -mm. going to be when we're 20 not at all um, not at all lots of detours sometimes decisions that we were making at that time seems such a big life alter some of them feel like they're these big life altering things and they're really not (laughs) so um this has really been uh, good karen and obviously here's the most important thing that we're trying to accomplish for you today is so where can listeners go to learn more about the organization uh, donate or get involved learn about events you've got coming up or you know so just kind of share what you can about that we would be thrilled if um, folks would go to our website, okay. www.pfclg.org. Um, that is where you'll find more information about our four areas of focus. So, you know, early care and education, um, uh, professional development for folks in our field, family engagement, health promotion, it's all there. And we have information about our community-based events. I will say um, we also have a new website this year specific to our spooktacular oh okay so if folks are interested in learning more about that event um, it is free 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 uh, <laughs> family friendly uh, lots of candy for trick-or-treating booths where um, families can get more information about programs and services for for their kids and families uh, did I say lots of candy I think I did you did uh, free hot dog lunch uh Woodmill Winery now has a wonderful outdoor stage, so there's entertainment. Um, they can simply go to spooktacular.info and get information on how they can participate as, um, as a vendor. Now, you, I say vendor, we don't actually sell things. Again, it's about sharing information that will help families 
um, you know, age-appropriate games, that kind of thing. If they'd like to be a vendor or a sponsor, we actually have um, some what we call novelty sponsorships this year, uh, specific to things like face painting and ice cream trucks and uh, okay. free lunches. It's all there. And certainly we want to continue to develop our volunteer base so if there are organizations, companies that have employees that, that enjoy doing that, they can go um, to that spooktacular.com, uh, I mean, I'm sorry, spooktacular.info website, or they can call us at the partnership at 704-922-0900 and ask to speak with Rosalind Richardson, who is our community outreach coordinator. And she can certainly um, help connect them, not only with Spooktacular, but other community-based events that we host throughout the year. So looking forward to hearing from folks, looking forward to having them come see what we're all about and uh, and being a part of um, just some real exciting growth in, in Gaston County. Well, that's good to hear you. Yeah. And I, I spent some time on the, the website yesterday, and it's a really good website. I mean, you know, some websites are – there's nothing that uh, – I was able to easily find, especially the four areas you mentioned, or right Wonderful. there on the when you first bring it up. That's the first thing that that you see, mm -hmm. and so yeah, it's a lot of great uh, information and, and easily um, navi easy navigation through it. So whoever has done that for you has done has done a good job. So yeah, any listeners out there, that would be the the place to go. But I have not been. I will check out the spectacular info website because I have not um, have not seen that one. So I appreciate you sharing that. So any, any last, uh, we're going to wrap this up, any last words of wisdom or anything you'd like to share? You've done a great job sharing about the organization. Uh, well, I actually, I jotted down a quote from um, Brittany, who is the owner-operator of Cake Me Away. Okay. You know, you asked where I like to get cake and Absolutely. things like that. And I was just checking out some of her personal history because, again, we've had such uncertain times these last couple of years, and yet I think within our partnership staff, certainly within the communities that we serve, there's still just such tremendous optimism about what's next and, and how we get there. And she said, how we react to the challenges we face determines our own personal and business, what our own personal and business growth looks like. And uh, I think uh, that is one lesson that we continue to learn within the partnership. Certainly, it's a personal lesson. Um, and always uh, to, to the work that you do within GSM is, is you know, facing things with, with positivity and with that outlook that allows us to continue to move forward. So um, just appreciate being here, visiting with you, and having the opportunity to, to learn more about what uh, GSM does through these podcasts. Well, thank you, Karen. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciate the quote. Everybody here at GSM will tell you I'm a big quote person, and I normally finish off my part of the podcast with a little quote myself. But that's, yeah, that's a good one. And um, you keep that kind of thought out, out on the forefront of our day-to-day, you know, -day, uh, things that we're doing day-to-day -day, can, can really be really be helpful. So I'm going to finish up this episode with my own you know, book recommendation like I do each week and in a quote or thought for the week as well. Uh, this week is a book that was recommended to me by a, a, a longtime friend, one of our customers, um, and it's called On the Edge by a, a lady named Allison Levine. And she is, I guess, what you would call a extreme adventurist. Um, she has done the seven summits and along with the North Pole and the South Pole, and it's just a very interesting book kind of describing her journey and uh, some of the things she's overcome and kind of it's a leadership book really about what's required to do those type of things and the leadership lessons that she's learned. But again, it's, the name of it is On the Edge. It's one I would, would highly recommend. 
in my quote for the week, kind of for me going back in time to somebody my who was uh, my dad was a huge fan of a of John Wayne, and he was kind of a bigger than life character for people my age, probably maybe not so much for Amy. You ever heard of John Wayne? Well, okay. <laughs> but um, this week's uh, quote is on courage, and he said, "Courage is being scared to death, but saddling up anyway." I think I used to think that when I was younger that uh, courage was the absence of fear, not being afraid. But actually, I've learned <laughs> in, over my life experience that there's so many things that that you deal with that makes you scared. But can you continue to deal with them or keep going forward? And that's kind of what um, what that quote's about. So, as usual, we are very grateful to our listeners and and thank you for taking the time to listen to today's episode. Please continue to spread the word if you can about the podcast. And please don't hesitate to contact us here at our email, which is podcast at gastonsgreat.com. We are always looking for suggestions for future podcast topics and guests. You can find the podcast and subscribe at the website, gastonsgreat.com, or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And please follow us on all our social media platforms. And please continue to give us good ratings if they're five-star ratings, because apparently that gets us uh, to continue to get the podcast noticed. Thanks again to Karen Anzola for being our guest today. Gaston's Great is produced and brought to you by Amy Anderson from GSM Services and edited here locally by the Sumner Group. I'm your host, Stephen Long. Thanks again for hanging out with us, and please keep coming back to hear more reasons why Gaston's Great. (laughs) 